God is so good, isn't he? You can have a seat if you're at home. Uh, Welcome. We are so glad you're with us today. Something about being in God's presence and just knowing that he has something to say about all of our situations. Amen? That he is faithful and he has a plan. Uh, As we get into his word today, I want to just let you know, God is on the move here at Pathway in some pretty incredible ways. It's actually amazing to be a part of, uh, and we hope whether you're new or a regular that you have a sense that, that God is doing something in a new season here. In, in the last week, we've realized that, that our attendance has, has shot up beyond 900 total attendance. Uh, pretty amazing what God is doing with that. And so we talk about connecting with God and with others, and, and within that is also about a third of the church, around 270-ish, that are online with us. We love you. We see you. We are so glad you're with us. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, exciting. Then we, we talk about from connecting, we want to be growing. And so we want to grow during the week in discipleship with God and with others. And, and church, this is absolutely amazing. We actually realized yesterday that a year ago, we had about 100 people in discipleship a year ago this time. We had over 400 this past week. Only God. So we're seeing growth in connecting. We're seeing growth in growing. And then serving is the other aspect we talk about. And I've been here about 16 months, and we've never had as many volunteers engaged as we did this last week. We always need more, okay? But we had 169 volunteering last week. Praise God for what he is doing. And here's the thing. I I can remember when I started people saying, we want to move back to the glory days. And I would say, no, we don't want to go back. We want to go forward. We want to follow God into whatever his move and plan is for this season. And all glory will go to him because he is the one that is worthy of our worship. And we give all glory to God for what he is doing. We're in a series called Gifted. And we, as we dive into this today, last week we looked at the fact that Jesus is our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our model for living, for leading, and for ministry. That he places us in the body of Christ. And that in the same way that the Spirit empowered him, the Holy Spirit in us can empower us. And that actually it's in that space of the Holy Spirit's empowerment that we have these gifts And we're going to begin unpacking those today and over the next few weeks and looking at and understanding not only your gifts, but the gifts of those around you. It's going to be really, really exciting, I believe, to see what God does today and in the weeks ahead. Because in a lot of ways, we're catching up to a move of God right now. And that's exciting. More so than you're responding. Let me pray for us, and we'll dive in. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for the ways you are working and moving. We thank you that we get to be a part of your body, a unified, mature vessel that I just speak life over because your church is your bride, and you have gifts that you've given us and greater works that you want us to walk into. So, Father, as we dive into this together, I pray that your word would go forth with spirit and power to accomplish the purpose for which you're sending it. We thank you in advance and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. 
So today, as we dive into this, we're going to be looking at what's called the love gifts, and I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, It's the day before Valentine's Day, and a day that reminds us tomorrow that we have a world, yes, it may be a Hallmark holiday, but it's a world that somehow has really grasped on to the desire to celebrate love. God is love, and we know that God calls us to love one another. And so, in many ways, Valentine's Day should be every day for the believer, but men, make sure you're aware of tomorrow, okay? Now, let's look at some 2022 statistics about Valentine's Day. First off, this is in our country, $23.9 billion is going to be projected to be spent tomorrow or in the days leading in. $43 million on unwanted Valentine's gifts, right? I mean, let's be honest, some of us are just over some of it, okay? Uh, and then maybe we're sending it to someone who doesn't necessarily want it from us. That's a whole other conversation. Next slide. Uh, in addition to that, $2.2 billion is going to be spent on uh, the celebrations around candy. And with that, chocolate is one of the things that most people want. So if you're not sure what to do, chocolate seems like a winner at 38%. $2.3 billion will be spent on flowers or people who are buying flowers. Next slide. These are actually things people don't want. So some of you may need to run some returns today, right? Uh, and it makes sense, right? Like, who, who, you know, you may not want a tool for Valentine's Day. Uh, let's be honest. If you give me a gym membership, I'm going to wonder, like, what are you saying right? Like, you know, do I really need it that bad? So these are all things that are not necessarily wanted uh, for Valentine's Day. Next slide. 70% of Americans say receiving a gift for Valentine's Day is important to them. And, uh, you know, in our, my marriage, we've been married 20 years. I, I will say that I'm probably the one that needs it more than my wife. Uh, and so, yeah, my wife's in the back saying, that's true. That's true. So, yes, I'm very needy, if you didn't know. Uh, next slide, 9 million actually uh, marriage proposals will be made on Valentine's Day. We may have just ruined somebody's surprise moment. My bad. Uh, and then look at this, best cities for Valentine's Day. Number four, Orlando uh, made the list nationwide of best cities for Valentine's Day. And uh, lots of online dating activity happening these days as well. Not just because of the pandemic, but I think because of technology. So what does all this say to us? Like underneath the 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 amount of money and attention that a Valentine's Day gets, there's some basic human needs that are there that it's revealing. There's an author, David Henderson, that actually says five common life questions are this. The first is, who am I? Who am I? Our identity, right? The second one, what is the reason for my being? Why do I exist? Why am I here? The third is what I do important. Anybody else relate to that? And the fourth, am I worthwhile? The fifth, and I underlined it because of where we're at today, is am I loved? These are five fundamental questions that every human is typically searching for and asking. And we as the church, believers in Jesus Christ, know that all five of these are answered by God. And that the one, as far as love goes, we know when we look to Jesus and we realize what he did, his unconditional love for us on the cross, that that's where we find real and true love. In fact, we as a church, our mission statement is incredibly simple. It's the first and greatest commandments to love 
God and love all people in our pathway. That in fact, that's for all of us. That as we get in touch with a God who loves us and as we love him, we are then able to love those around us. But as we think about that, there are some of you that you have a supernatural gift, a spiritual gift that actually is beyond the love of neighbor. It's actually a a love that when God empowers it, helps us to be who we're supposed to be as the church. And that's what we're going to look at today. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul uh, is writing a letter to a church in in so many ways that has gone wild. Uh, If you're wondering what I mean, read 1 Corinthians and you'll find out. Lots of issues, lots of correction needed. By the time we get to 1 Corinthians 11, the Apostle Paul is laying out the body of Christ and what communion means and how it connects us to Jesus and to one another. In chapter 12, he begins talking about these spiritual gifts that operate in the body. Let's pick up in verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, You were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Just pause there for a minute. That's incredibly important to realize because throughout this series, we'll be reminded that actually the guaranteed place of God's power is in the use of our spiritual gifts. But we have to determine and discern if a power is coming from God or from somewhere else. And and actually what he's saying here is if, if somebody is attributing Jesus as Lord, that's evidence that the Holy Spirit is involved, that God is present and there. Can I get an amen? So Jesus is Lord. Verse four. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the what? The common good. You see, our spiritual gifts are not just for us. They're actually for the body of Christ, for the common good. If you're taking notes, you are gifted as a follower of Jesus. You are actually gifted as a follower of Jesus. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he then seals you and fills you with his Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that he operated in and demonstrated for three years of earthly ministry, a power that was supernatural. And as we follow Jesus, we each have at least one spiritual gift, many of us probably have more. But again, they're for the common good. When we think about these spiritual gifts, author and pastor Rick Warren says this, what is a spiritual gift? God has a purpose for your life and your spiritual gifts are the equipment he gives you to do what he asks you to do. God will never ask you to do something he doesn't give you the ability to do. It's given to you the moment you accept Christ. You don't get to choose your gift. That's pretty important right there. You don't earn your gift. It's also not for your benefit. Your spiritual gifts are given to you to help other people. And other people in the church family are given their gifts to help you. Now, this is very humbling if you read 
and, and dive into what it's saying here. That actually in the body of Christ, you have a gift, and when you're dependent on God and you use that gift, he empowers it, and it takes the humility to say, God, here's my gift. Can you empower it at another level? I'll just be honest with you. I've been doing this a while. I've done over 500 messages and preached and taught. I need him today to spiritually empower those more than I ever have. That actually I realize I can't rely on the previous 500 because you need a fresh word today and you don't care about my past. Clearly your look just showed me that. (laughs) What you want to know is that God is present and empowering this moment. That takes humility to say, God, I need you. But it also takes humility for you to let somebody else use their gift and to receive from them. And here's where often pride gets in the way in the body of Christ. It's not just that we don't rely on God to use our gift, but sometimes we're too prideful to let somebody else use their gift to help us. And we need a back and forth, a willingness and an openness. Amen? Amen. There's three basic categories of gifts that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. Um, Dr. Bobby Clinton is the originator of these. He's a, he was a professor for years at Fuller Seminary. Um, I actually had the privilege of, of having some uh, baby back ribs with him. I studied at Fuller, and uh, he liked ribs probably as much as I did. Surely you can tell I've eaten some ribs. And uh, so we, we sat down and enjoyed that, and uh, I'll tell you, starting to see and understand that there's 19 biblical spiritual gifts and how these three categories can give us new language and understanding is really, really important. So let me break it down for you. The first category is love gifts. That's what we'll be looking at today in detail. These are gifts that manifest the love of God in practical ways. Secondly are power gifts. These are gifts that demonstrate the power, presence, and reality of God in some very tangible and supernatural ways. Third is word gifts. These clarify the nature and action and purposes of God. Now, in a healthy church, in a healthy body, all three sets of gifts are going to be active. And that's really our hope and our heart is that we see this, all the gifts active with all the people that God is bringing to the church. Now, this may be new language for you, or maybe you haven't really known what your gifts were, or maybe you have never taken a gifts assessment. We have one. We would invite you to to sign up. You can pull out your smartphone right now, or if you're online, do it on your laptop or computer, whatever you're on. Pathwayvb.com slash gifts. We uh, will have a digital assessment. We're working on that. That'll be coming in the near future. But right now, we'll send it to you, and we'll get you started so you can understand your gifts. Here's what's cool. When you know yours, and you're in community with others, you begin to see that play out in fruitfulness, and it fulfills you in a way that nothing else will. But you also begin to appreciate other people's gifts. Because if you didn't know it, you don't have all the gifts. You're not Jesus. I don't have all the gifts. Some of you are like, we know, right? I mean, it's the truth. So we need each other, and we come to appreciate one another. Let's look at the next part or section of what Paul is saying here. We're going to pick up in verse 12. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, 
And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, say one, one spirit, notice how many times that word is used again in this verse, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. You see, the foot of the cross is the most level ground where we all come to Jesus and we all are sinners in need of a savior, amen? We also are reminded, regardless of our ethnic or economic background, regardless of where we grew up, regardless of what we know, when we come to Jesus, his spirit makes us one with him and with one another. He unifies us in a way that nothing else can. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? (laughs) Sorry. Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? If you're taking notes, the second point here is that your spiritual gifts function with God and others in unity. This is so important because Jesus prayed that we would be one with him and one with one another. So we often will talk around here about connecting, growing, and serving with God and with others. And so as you get in step with Jesus, you're also called to be in step with others. That you're in a body and that unity is the key for that body and for you to be healthy and to use those spiritual gifts. The problem is oftentimes we're not in unity. You ever been in a place that wasn't unified? Okay. I mean, the truth is it takes some work. But it's worthwhile work that actually it's that unity when we come under the delegated authority of the Lord. And here's what we have to remember. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus also appoints people in leadership within churches. And when we come under that delegated authority in submission and unity, now God can pour out blessing and his spiritual power, not just on the love gifts, but the word gifts and the power gifts. Let me show you something. Uh, If you can, back here, we have a lamp, which by the way, it's lit today, which means, yeah, for those of you who are wondering like, oh wow, you turned a lamp on, what does that mean, right? It, It means that somebody, at least one person this past week received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Anytime you see that lit. Yes, we're excited about that. Now, there's three legs here. And picture these as the body of Christ and the fact that we have word gifts, love gifts, and power gifts. And if in a church body, only one of those legs is active, guess what happens to that body? It's lopsided, right? It's weak in one area, and and yet it doesn't have the fullness. And this is in so many ways a picture of what we're hoping for and believing for is that actually all of the gifts, active, 
mean that we're balanced love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts, and that in that we have learned to, to do it in unity and appreciate the gifts that aren't ours. Some of you today are like, I know I don't have love gifts. Great, you're going to learn how to love others in the body today and appreciate their gifts. And next week when we get into another set of gifts, you'll have the same opportunity. We want to be balanced and unified because that's where God really can move in his church. Now, he goes on here. We're going to get right into these love gifts today, okay? Verse 27 and 28 of 1 Corinthians 12. It says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. If you're taking notes, your spiritual gifts, the love gifts are what we're looking at here. The love gifts in action create room for Jesus to move. Can you just read that and say that with me? The love gifts in action create room for Jesus to move. Let me show you what Romans 12 says, because it lists a couple more of these love gifts. Verse 6 and 8 of Romans 12. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Within these 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, there's four specific love gifts, and here they are. Their administration, helps, giving, and mercy. I'm going to unpack these for you because some of you are going to realize that that's an area you're gifted. And again, these gifts, these love gifts, create room and space for Jesus to move. If you remember at the beginning of the message, what I shared with you is God is on the move at Pathway, and in many ways, we need to catch up to what God's already doing, which means there's administrative gifts and love gifts, you know, mercy, helps, giving, and administration that I believe he's going to activate for this season ahead. So let's get into each one of them. Administration, uh, if that is your gift, here's what Dr. Clinton says. He says, the gift of administration or guidance involves a capacity to manage details of service functions so as to support and free those in leadership to prioritize their efforts. If you've ever been in a situation, maybe you've been to a business that had like an hour, hour and a half, two hour wait to get in. Anybody? There may have been an administrative issue there. And Oftentimes, churches struggle with this too. Can we just agree? And so this is an important gift that frees others as they use the gift behind the scenes, kind of back a house, you know, orchestrating and, and, you know, deciding how things can flow and move. This is a gift that frees and creates room for growth. Again, we have to be humble enough to let people with this gift use their gift, and receive the blessing of it. Second one that was mentioned in the love gifts is mercy. And uh, Bruce Bugby says this, mercy is the divine enablement 
to cheerfully and practically help those who are suffering or are in need. Now, I've been married uh, 20 years now, and I have more mercy today than I had when I began my marriage. Some of you are not going to be surprised that one of my lowest spiritual gifts is mercy. (laughs) Does it have to be this awkward? (laughs) At least I didn't even get any high fives or cheers, right? Like, yeah, we know. Like, you're a jerk. Um, So it's not a gift that comes naturally to me. But you know who does come naturally to? My wife. My wife, Cindy, mercy is one of her top gifts. So over a 20-year period, as she's used her gift, my heart, my, my mercy has grown. And this is what's beautiful in the body of Christ, is even if you don't have the gift, others using the gift are going to make you better. They're going to make you grow. Because here's the thing, none of us are left off the hook if you don't have the gift, right? Can you imagine if you're like, well, I don't have any love gifts, so therefore I won't love. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's not the way it works, right? But in the body, in, in, in our case, in our marriage, her mercy gift has helped me to grow. The next gift on the list, you had administration, mercy, and helps. Um, helps is another one. So I, I grew up in a home where my mother ha- is a helper and she has the gift of helps. And so uh, that was awesome growing up in a home like that because I was spoiled. Like, mom did everything. I used to just think it was normal. I thought it was a blessing. Uh, it really was. But I'm the guy that got to college and didn't know how to do laundry. No joke. I used to go and, you know, I'd try to find, this before I met my wife, I'd try to find a cute girl to help me do my laundry, okay? I, I also didn't know how to cook. And when I realized I couldn't afford the meal plan in the cafeteria, you better believe I learned how to cook, okay? But that gift of helps did not come naturally to me because I didn't grow up having to do a number of those things that would be naturally helpful. What that meant is when we got married, there was a moment, uh, anybody else had some strong disagreements in marriage? They're not fights, right? Strong disagreements. I had somebody in first service throw both hands up. And I'm like, oh, I hope their spouse isn't sitting next to them, right? Um, I had to look away from them. Uh, But yeah, it happens. And so one of the the tensions, the strong disagreements we often had in that first year or two of marriage was the fact that because I didn't grow up using a gift of helps but receiving it, I would often walk into the home and not see the house the way she would. (laughs) Anybody? (laughs) I didn't notice things. And so over time, we came to an understanding of like, hey, I don't necessarily see the pile of dishes and think I need to do something about that, okay? I'm just, okay. And so she lovingly helped me to see differently. <laughs> and at the same time, I told her, hey, it's not, it's not a hard issue. I just need you to communicate to me. Anybody else want their spouse to read their mind? <laughs> Stop it. Just communicate lovingly, Okay. And uh, I'll tell you, she was, my wife, uh, Cindy, was joking this past week with someone that, that she actually has no trouble now today, 20 years in, telling me what she needs help with. And uh, she's really good at texting and all of those things to let me know. But here's what's cool. I actually see differently now. I actually, because I've been impacted by her gift of helps and communication, 
I actually can see in the home differently than I did 10, 20 years ago. The gift of helps for some of you, you love helping in a way that it's beyond what I do in just seeing a need. You actually get joy and you experience fulfillment anytime you get to help someone. And that is a gift that is really needed in the body of Christ. The fourth gift is the gift of giving. And again, none, none of us are let off the hook. All of us are called to put Jesus first with our finances, the principle of first, right? Our tithe, our offering, our giving. But some of you, you have a supernatural joy that comes when you give generously of your time, your talent, or of your finances. In fact, as I was praying into this today, I, I just felt led to encourage some of you, like, you have the gift of giving, and God has been prompting you with a place or a person that you need to give to, and I want to encourage you to do it this week. That actually the Lord is, is in that, and again, when we use any of our gifts, that is a part of experiencing the fullness of God and his movement in our lives. So you have these four love gifts, administration, mercy, helps, and giving. Make sense? Let's take a look at them in action because, again, they create room for Jesus to move. Uh, this is where we'll finish today. If you want to turn to Acts chapter 6, the early church was experiencing explosive growth. I mean, they are multiplying as Jesus moves. People are coming to you know, repent and be baptized. People are being saved. Miracles are happening. And within all of that, some tension happened. Some friction was beginning to occur. And in Acts chapter 6, we see a moment where they realized they needed the love gifts in action. That actually administration, mercy, helps, and giving would help the church be healthy. Let's take a look at it, picking up in verse 1. It says, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So you have a moment where a different ethnic group is feeling left out. You can imagine how divided this could have been if these love gifts didn't step in. It is so important that all the gifts are active so that the body of Christ is unified and can continue following where Jesus is leading us. And that's what happens here by God's grace. It says in verse 2, And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom. Isn't that a great job description? Like, hey, we need help. Go find people full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit. It says, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. And all of you are glad you didn't have to read that list says, these, these men that were chosen, it said, these they set before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid hands, their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, 
And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Isn't it amazing what happens when these love gifts make room for Jesus to move? I mean, when you think about administration, you think about mercy, you think about helps and giving, these are gifts that bring order into chaos. These are gifts that actually bring the systems so things can scale. And some of you right there, you, your eyes just rolled back in your head because you don't want anything to do with that. But there's some of you in the room that just said, did he say systems to scale in the church? Absolutely. Because there's administrative gifts that can help us figure out how to position things. So if God wants to add disciples and multiply, we're able to receive them and pour into them that we don't cap or put a lid on what God could do in any given season. Amen? In addition to that, these gifts, as you saw in this text, bring equality for all people and unleash generosity and make sure that nobody is missed, that everybody has what they need, that everyone is being served with care and compassion and with the resources that are needed. When the body of Christ is operating in the fullness of these gifts, it makes such a difference. And some of you right now today is a moment where hopefully you're seeing that while your gifts maybe have felt like, well, I'm a behind-the-scenes person, I'm not as important as them. Oh, no. We're all equal in value and importance. That, in fact, hopefully you realize without the upfront people or without the behind-the-scenes people or without the people interceding and, and being involved, we're weaker. We're not as good as we would be. We need each other, amen? And so let me ask you three questions to apply this today. The first is, do you know your spiritual gifts? And if you don't know them, please, again, pathwayvb.com gifts. We want to help you develop an awareness of your gifts. These gifts are for believers, so if you don't know Jesus, start there today. And as you start with Jesus, he gives you gifts. Secondly, are you using your spiritual gifts in unity with God and with others? And this right here is a hard question. Because when we've been taught or maybe have isolated our gift away from the body, or maybe thought it was something we could do without God's help, we have some repenting, some confessing, and some coming back to Jesus and to his church to make things right. None of these gifts are meant to happen in a rebellious spirit, individualistic, but with God and with one another. Amen? Third, how can you use and or encourage the love gifts at Pathway so we can make room for Jesus to move? You see, you may not have these love gifts, but somebody else in the room surely does. And you may be the recipient of those gifts, and how could you be an encouragement to let people that maybe don't always feel as seen, to feel seen and loved and valued. I believe God has something special he is doing in this season. And that when we respond to him, he's going to move. He's going to work in new ways. We're going to go into a time to respond. And really, this, this song is, this is a move. It's a song that really invites us in to believing that God is moving. 
And when we begin to respond by faith, things begin to change. Jesus is not just glorified, but magnified in ways that he wouldn't otherwise be. And so I want to ask you to let God move during this song. Whether you're online or in person, I want to challenge you to move during this song. Whether it's to come forward to the the kneeling benches or to the altar, we have prayer partners, we would love to pray with you. Whether it's standing, hopefully if you're not driving, right where you're at, standing. Did you know that when we engage in worship, that even this move, like you can move your hands. You, you, You can move. Okay, too much? I felt like in first service, there was a moment where I was like, I, don't, I, I started like moving in a way that was just awkward and it wasn't rhythmically uh, pleasing. And, and so I felt like I'm going to get muted. Like they're going to pull me off this, this platform. Um, I, I, I held it back right there. I didn't go quite that far in this service. But, but I'm on a serious note, like what does it look like? For you to not just sit and receive, but to realize that, that tonight, there's a big game and a Super Bowl, and none of us are invited to be on the field. None of us. Sorry. If you were, you wouldn't be sitting here. None of us. But our God is looking at you and I and saying, hey, I got a big game. I've got a big kingdom. I've got an arena. I'm inviting you in. I want you to be on the field. I want you to participate. I want you to be a part because I've given you something that your church and the world needs. And so let's let him move. Let's let him have his way in this time. Amen? Let me pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for who you are and what you are doing. Jesus, who are we? That not only would you love us, but you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, you would gift us that we could be in the game and experience your power, the unity that comes with that. So right now, Lord, I pray that you would in this moment, as we've created space, as we've created room for you to move, may you move us all closer to you and to the next level. And Jesus, we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's move, church. Let's move and respond as he leads. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts on you. Come and do. Still being raised, giants.
God is moving in this place, isn't he? He really is. We've seen it throughout the day today, and and I know that it's just the beginning, that he's going to continue to move as we hunger and thirst for him. As you say, God, whatever my Sunday night, whatever my Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday looks like, God, have your way, use me, move. He's going to do miraculous things in this season ahead. During this time, at the end of the first service, I I felt led to take a risk, something we didn't plan for, and I I actually feel like we're supposed to do it right now in this time. Some of you in here today, whether you're online or in person, you realize that you have love gifts, administration, helps, mercy, and giving. You're often the people that are behind the scenes. You don't want to be out front, but we want to celebrate and pray over you today. And we've just saying about moving. So I want to invite you, if you know or have a sense that you have the love gifts, please come up front right now. Just come forward. Not all at once. Here we go. 
Just come up front and I want to pray over you. If you're online, let our hosts know. You can stand if it's safe and we'll pray over you as well. Praise God. Look at this. Look at this. Praise God. For those of you with these love gifts, thank you. Thank you for being willing to serve and use them, not just here, but to know that God wants to activate and use them in your homes, your workplaces, your school, those areas where you have influence. And we couldn't do what we do without you. So I want to pray blessing over you. Then I want you to have a minute, if you're here in person, to just see that you're not alone, that there's others. Maybe you can meet some new friends today. And then if you need individual prayer, we'll stay up here and available. But as our church continues to grow and expand, we also are not just celebrating your gifts, but inviting you to use them in a way that positions us for the move of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for what you are doing right now in this moment. That, Father, we have brothers and sisters online and right now all around us up front that you have supernaturally gifted with the love gifts. Whether it's administration, mercy, helps, or giving, we thank you for these gifts in the body of Christ. We thank you for the way these gifts create room and space for Jesus, you to, be, uh, to move and to be glorified. Father, I pray that if they've felt missed or unseen, that today they would know that you love them, you see them, and so does their church. Father, I pray that you would empower them and activate them, take away fear, give them faith to step forward and use their gifts, not just here at Pathway, but in their homes, their neighborhoods, their workplaces, wherever they have influence. God, we pray that these gifts would activate and you would use them to spread your love and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless them and be with them. For the rest of us, I pray that we would love you and love all people in our pathway. Walk with us, be with us as we go to be your church. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. 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 Take a minute and talk. If you're a visitor, out those doors, we have a gift for you and want to welcome you at our Welcome Center. Go ahead, be the church. Have a great week.